Okay, can you stand again? Let's stand to say the creed together. Here we go. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. <clears throat> okay, you sit down. You know, one of the things that you notice if you read through the New Testament and just read it through, one of the things that you notice is how much the early Christians hoped in eternal life. How much their conscious minds were often focused on resurrection life for them, eternal life with the Lord. And it's, it's quite remarkable how much time is spent in the Gospels on it, as well as uh, in the letters. And as you go through Acts, you know that these people were coming to God and discovering this hope, eternal life, life everlasting, amen. Life everlasting. And it was part of their background, if you like, to their lives. It was a constant refrain at the back of their minds. And you know, I, I'm not sure that we're anywhere near that point ourselves. I'm not sure that Western Christianity in particular has grasped hold of much of this and that we don't live like those early Christians lived with this conscious desire to be with the Lord forever. And today I want to challenge you and me, how much do we desire to be with the Lord. I want to acknowledge straight away what an extraordinary worship time this has been. If you knew the title of the preach, you would have <coughs> been even more amazed. And I want to, once again, as we already have, I want to honour again Paul's choice of songs this morning, which has given such a background and backdrop to what I want to say. You know, it's, uh, you, huh. some of you may not realise that actually the musicians do look at the preaching programme and think about it. Um, it, is, it is part of the, the, the job. Um, and today was exceptional, absolutely exceptional in giving you this background, this extraordinary set of songs which brought us into glory. We're running into his arms. 
Of course, there are lots of passages that we could look at and, and consider when it comes to everlasting life. So I've just chosen one short passage, and it's in 1 Corinthians 15. Oh, what a surprise. 1 Corinthians 15, and starting at verse 50. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labour is not in vain. See how Paul puts those two things together, our future life and then our present. As we look at our future life, it changes the way we handle our present life. As we grasp what eternity and eternal life, life everlasting actually is, that transforms the way we handle life today. And so his final verse is not a distraction. It starts with, therefore, in the light of this, therefore, in the light of what I've been saying about immortality, my beloved brothers, in this life, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labour is not in vain. It's not in vain because it's getting you crowns of glory. It's getting you goldened up. It's getting that gold in you. There's so many different passages. I, I really struggle to know how to, handle, uh, how to handle this. But I just want to reiterate this challenge now. Do you live like this passage? Do you live looking forward to desiring to be with the Lord, looking forward to desiring that eternal, everlasting life? 
Do you do that? And does that change the way you live now? Does it give you steadfastness? Does it give you an ability to press through? Does it give you a desire to complete the works that you have been called to do by the Lord? Does it give you that desire? Is it in your horizon? I read this week that 84%, 84%, that is 16% more or less than everybody, okay? 84%, which means most of this room, if you were counting this room as 100%, most of us, if we're American, 84% of Americans believe. Believe what? They believe enjoying themselves in this life is their highest goal. Oh, you're not as shocked as I was. 84%. That must, in, you know, even if we pro rata, 84% of Christians in America, it may not be, of course, it may be that Christians' numbers are different, but isn't it astounding? The highest goal. Enjoy yourself. You know, down through history, some people have committed themselves to a higher goal as they view it of uh, hermiting, withdrawing in order. Oh. They've, they've um, they withdrawn. Some people have taken a, a different line for a higher goal to be as unselfish as possible, to serve other people, to give their lives serving other people. And we admire them, don't we? But what do we really want to do? Do you want to serve the Lord and gain crowns of glory? Get that gold you know, there's another passage in Corinthians where Paul talks about <coughs> everything in our life being tested by fire and what is gold remains, you know, and that's how these moulds achieve the finished product. They're fired. Paul was taking the idea of a crucible where impurities are fired out of the gold. In, and what, what is left is pure. And is Paul trying to discourage us? No, he's trying to encourage us. Don't be like these Christians who will just make it into glory because their lives were a bit of a mess. But press on. Be steadfast. Press on. Gain the gold. And yet even that is not the highest calling. The highest calling for us is to worship the Lord and to take that worship into eternity and into the enjoyment of everlasting life. 84% of Americans enjoying ourselves is the highest goal in this life. No, I want to enjoy eternal life. And I'm expecting to enjoy eternal life. So that's my second challenge. Are you expecting to enjoy 
eternal life. You know, in uh, where, where I live, the latest changes to the area I live in, it's, it, because, you know, it's a new estate and it's on this industrial area as well as housing, there's a mixture and all sorts of things go on, buildings get built and people work in them. And just recently, just recently Satan has arranged for a new building to be built. And Satan has arranged this very cleverly. He thought to himself, I know that David lives over there and I know that Jonathan works in there. So what we'll do is we will take the Aston Martin dealership <laughs> near Stambra Lakes which surreptitiously David sometimes visits. <laughs> and we will move it closer to David. And in moving it closer to David, there is this bonus. Jonathan gets to see it as well. And so that's what we'll do. And so they did. They started the temptation with Jaguar Land Rover. That was the first temptation. I like Jaguars. I love Range Rovers. And they started with that. And I said to Jackie, do you know that building has the, as they were building it, that building has the look and design of Aston Martin. I wonder if they're moving Aston round to here, as well as Jaguar Land Rover. And sure enough, there it is. They also put McLaren there, but we'll just forget them. And so here we are. Jaguar, Land Rover, Aston Martin, McLaren. And round the corner has always been Porsche anyway. What is happening to Hatfield? Well, it's all my fault. <laughs> That's the problem. It's all my fault. Satan said, let me tempt David to live his life thinking even more about Aston Martins than he did before. Let us tempt him to think that the peak and summit of his existence could be a weekend in an Aston. That could be the peak and summit of his. He could look forward to that. He could save for that. He could plan for that. He could have this in front of him every day when he drives past. What are we living for, guys? You know, we have so much in the Western world and we know that in other, in other countries, in other Christians' lives, because they have less, because they do not have one, two, three, four, five superior car makes on their doorstep. 
because they don't have these sorts of things to strive for and to have as goals in life, do you know what? They discover a better goal. That's maybe 16% of Americans have discovered. Or maybe not. I didn't see the detail. It was a good job that Lizzie was here this morning because while I was running through my notes, I suddenly noticed that I was going to say something extremely non-PC. And I thought, I don't know how to get around this. I don't know. What is the non-PC saying? But at this point, Lizzie walks in to the dining room to fill up a jug of water. So I was able to ask her, Lizzie, help me. What is the PC thing to say? And we finished up between us coming to this. The African-American slave song says... (laughs) I'm sorry, you're not getting this, are you? The African-American slave song says, This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Do you know that one? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Yeah? And, of course, a very famous one. Swing low, sweet chariot. Coming for to carry me home. And so my initial challenge to you about everlasting life is, do you think like that? Swing low, sweet chariot. Sweet chariot. (coughs) Not just any old chariot, a sweet chariot, a lovely chariot, a chariot full of promise and hope. Swing low, take me to my home. Do you think like that? This world's not your home. You're just passing through. C.S. Lewis said this, aim at heaven and you get earth thrown in. It's like, you know, a freebie. Aim at earth and you don't get either. It's good, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's a nice saying. Yeah, but it's summing up a biblical truth, guys. It's summing up something that is real and true and we should be thinking about and living. Heaven is your home now. Heaven is even your home now. Do you get the point? Heaven is your home since you became a believer. Heaven is your home because that is where your main section of life will be. An everlasting life. And I know I've told you before that when I was young, I lay in bed getting really panicky about the fact of life going on and 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 on. And I couldn't conceive of it being endless. I still actually can't conceive of it being endless because I don't know what it's like to exist outside of time. 
So I don't know. But what I know now is I don't care that I don't know. Because I know that when I get there, I'll know what I know. Do you know what I'm saying? It doesn't scare me anymore that everlasting life is everlasting. Because that's just a description to help us in our time-constrained world to understand what God is going to do. We're going to be with him forever, is the way it goes. And of course, if you have a very poor outlook on who God actually is, then that's not very exciting, is it? (laughs) If your view of God is that he's some sort of Stalinist uh, guy in the sky who's just giving you all these rules and regulations, if you've got an idea that he's that big bad guy in the sky who you've got to please and placate, then you will not be looking forward to heaven and being everlastingly with a big bad guy who's hard to placate. Yeah? But if you have become a Christian and you think of who God really is, when you get to glory, what is the God you're going to see? Who is the God you're going to see? When you get to glory, what are you going to see? Who is God? God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What are you going to see in heaven then? You're going to see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as one, aren't you? As a trinity. I'm sure you'll be able to separate them out if you're worried about that. But what I'm trying to say is, Who is this God we're going to spend eternity with? It is the one who loves you. And loves you so much that he left that glory and came to this earth and all the stuff we've been doing in this creed up to now, all that stuff is out of his love for you. All that stuff is because he is so wanting to spend time with you. It may not surprise you to know that I want to spend time with Jackie. That may not surprise you. Because we're married. (laughs) But you know, not all marriages are like that because we're in a fallen world and we're fallen people. And I sometimes don't want to spend time with Jackie. Sometimes I'd rather not be with her at all. (laughs) You know, because she's cross with me. And I think, what have I done? to make her cross. And I don't want to spend time with her. You know, we've done a lot of things that made God cross and he still wants to spend time with us. Because he's cleared all that stuff out of the way. 
from his perspective, it's not there anymore. All that stuff has gone. Therefore, his joy can be fully expressed expressed over you. His joy in you, his desire to be with you, can be fully expressed in eternity. And that should just amaze us, as well as thrill us, as well as think, wow, that's going to be some party. Who is he to you, then? Is he a judge? Or is he a father? The best father. The father you didn't have. A flawless one. Not just flawless in his character, but also flawless in his expression of that character towards you. Oh, to be with him. Swing low, sweet chariot. Take me home. You know, these days a lot of kids get home from school and there's no parent there. Or there's only one. That's not home, like we're talking about. We're talking about home where every expression of love is perfect. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? That was part one. What is your life's focus? Part two, the eternal starts with salvation. So having looked at who who God is, who who are you? (laughs) Now we know who God is, who are you? This entrant into eternity, this entrant into everlasting life, who are you? You're a son of God, you're a daughter. It's awkward, this, isn't it? Can't say son of God for all because, you know, daughters. I asked Jackie about this once. When I say son of, you know, the generic son of God, is that hard to handle as a woman, you know? And she said, no, you get used to it or something like that. And I, I just, yeah, I can understand people getting upset about that. So it's hard to express, isn't it? Anyway, you are a daughter or a son of God. This God who is going to perfectly express his love to you. As one of our songs in worship said, he's going to hold us close, draw us with nail-scarred hands and hold us close. He wants to draw us with nail-scarred hands because we are the object of, and the objective when those hands got crucified. That's you. You were his objective. You were his desire. You were the one he wanted to express his love to. You are a son 
or a daughter of the living God. You are who he's focused on. And he doesn't sleep. And he doesn't get weary. And he's not like us in that sense at all. He's always, always, always loving you. Always, always, always wanting the best for you. Isn't that what you want for loved ones? You don't want to be an 84 percenter, I tell you. You don't. You want to give your love to others, don't you? And you want to give your love. Well, God wants to give his love perfectly. He wants to give out love like you've never been loved. He wants to give out love that will just explode your mind. He wants to give out love to you in a way that you will never, ever get tired of or forget. And because we're in eternity, it goes on forever. (laughs) Always being loved. You're always loved now, you see. God in heaven, he always loves you now. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. The same one who reached out to you in love when you became a Christian is the same one who will reach out to you in love when you enter the glory of where he is. It's the same one. It's the same person. It's the same loving God who says, let me wipe you clean. Now come. Let us enjoy life together. You know, Easter, we just had Easter. It's family time and you do family things with family people, don't you? We did family things with our family people. We enjoyed it. It was fun. Raoul talked to me about his new job, which he'd got to go back to. I wonder if there are jobs in heaven. I don't know. I wonder if there are jobs in heaven. Anyway, if you enjoy your job, yeah, you might want a job in heaven. If you don't enjoy your job now, you might think that's a pretty disastrous idea. But look, God is love and he loves you. And he loves to spend time with you. Isn't that wonderful? Who are you? You are his new creation. Famous verse, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. In Romans 6, it talks about being baptised into a new life. You're a new creation, a new life. And what about this new life? Well, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 15 says, that those who live might no longer live for themselves... 84%. That those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who, for their sake, died and was raised. You're in a new creation life that you live for the Lord. You are seated with him, Ephesians 2, 5 and 6. He made us alive together with Christ. Made us al- he made us alive. He's already done it. You're already alive in this eternal life. Do you understand that? This life everlasting, it began the moment you said yes to Jesus. That's when it began. It's a life everlasting that we live now. 
Our bodies will change, as we read right at the beginning. Yeah, our bodies will change. There'll come a, there'll come a day when immortality swamps us. There'll come a day when the mortal is swallowed up in victory and we are immortal. Our bodies will change, but who we are is the same. Because we are already in Christ. We're already alive together with Christ. Christ's resurrection life is already in us. Christ's resurrection life is brought to us by the Holy Spirit. We're already incorporated into this Trinity relationship. We're raised with him, we're seated with him in heavenly places. You know, and people often comment that this whole passage that Paul writes is, is, is not future tense. It's present tense. We are. We're raised up with him and we are seated with him in the heavenly places. Your immortal life, your everlasting life is already in you, with you. And the Holy Spirit comes to us as the guarantee of that hope. So the second point is this, the eternal salvation has already started. It's who you are. We sing that song, it's who I am, it's who I am. You are already in everlasting life. I believe in everlasting life because the Holy Spirit has confirmed it in my spirit. I believe in everlasting life because I believe that's what the Bible teaches, that when the Holy Spirit comes to me and confirms it in my spirit, it's true that our lives will go on. I shall be David in eternity. I shall be, maybe people will call me DR in eternity, who knows? And thirdly, it's going to be a glorious party. The glory of this final consummation. We haven't got time to read all the stuff in Revelation about the wedding of the Lamb. About a new earth and a new heaven. We've talked about this recently, probably enough for the moment, <clears throat> God's new earth and new heaven. And this new Jerusalem, this city that is a picture of the church of all the Christians of all the ages and all the world, every nation, every tongue, every tribe, this city of people descending to dwell isn't it interesting? It's descending to dwell. <laughs> it's like you're taken up on the last day 
And it says, you know, the dead will be raised first and they'll, they'll rise up. And we'll go, ooh, wow. And then we will find, wow, I too have left the confines of the earth. Wow, I am joining with these people who've been raised from the dead. I'm joining with all these Christians from all the ages in the sky to be with the Lord. And thus we will be with the Lord forever. It's like there is this transition that happens from mortality to immortality in a moment. The trumpet will sound and boom, it will all be happening. What a start to the party do you think that is? Well, you don't look very excited. Most of you look as if you're hoping for the tea break soon. What a party it's going to be. Because God loves us. Don't be frightened of this day. Don't be scared of what might happen. And what will I feel? Hey, it's going to be fun. You'll be with the Lord in the air and boom, the old earth will go. You'll look down and it's not there. And boom, there's a new earth. Oh, wow. And then you will descend onto this new earth where God is at home. And we will knock on his door and say hi. And he will say, welcome to the party. Rachel's been looking at some houses recently. (laughs) I wonder what she'll get in glory. This earth is not my home. I'm just passing through. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. There are many rooms in my father's. Oh. A sort of Airbnb, really. (laughs) I have no idea. Don't ask me about the detail. I did say to Jackie, I can't talk about the detail, can I? Because, you know, it just gets, the questions get sillier and sillier. You know, once you start down that road of what it's going to be like, let's just call it the presence of God, the lover of our soul. That's what it's going to be like, a permanent party with the King of Kings. You know, uh, just before... Was it just before Easter or Easter? This couple got killed on the island of, of uh, Santorini. And uh, actually he was known as almost friend of Will Cockrum's, I gather. If you know who Will Cockrum is, one of the st- students who was around <coughs> as a student a few years ago. <coughs> he, he knew this couple. <coughs> And they were killed. And I don't know if you read the articles uh, about them, 
or not, but they were obviously dynamic Christians from what even secular people were saying about them. But the minister who married them said this, Toby and Millie were passionate about their Christian faith. And we are being sustained by the same sure hope of Easter resurrection. It's like he puts himself under them. They've gone to this glorious place. And he says, and we, we, we are left, you know, we are sustaining ourselves with this same hope. We will carry on with life with this hope that we will join them one day. The girl's sister said this, talking about their wedding day in August 2017. The joy from your wedding is just a taste compared to the joy you must be experiencing in heaven right now. We say such things, don't we, at funerals? Do you understand it? Do you understand what it really means for you and I? While still surreal, we grieve at our loss of Millie and Toby, who were the happiest couple, with genuine love for every person part of their lives. Wonderful thing to say about someone, don't you think? Genuine love for every person who is part of their lives. Our only comfort is in knowing that you are having the best party with Jesus. Right now. And one day we will join you too. We love you both so much. Notice the tense. We love you both. They haven't died. They've transitioned. Their everlasting life started long before that crash on the island of Santorini. Their everlasting life is now continuing in the greatest party. Oh yeah, we enjoyed the wedding, but there's a greater party to come. We love you. We love you. Do you get the present tense impact You are raised with Christ. You are seated in heavenly places. You are loved of God eternally. You will be a full inheritor of everything God has for you. 
not just in this life, although there is plenty in this life to enjoy in the presence of God, isn't there? But today we're talking about this bit of the creed and we've got to say in finishing that this is an amazing party that we're going to be part of. One John three verse two, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he was, as he will be. No, we shall see him as he is. This Jesus, this immortally bodied. Jesus. He is. He is now. And he is, in the future, the same Jesus. And Colossians 3, verse 4, when Christ, who is your life, now, I'm adding now, but that's the implication. Christ, who is your life now? Is he your life now? Because if he's your life now, you're going to really look forward to seeing him face to face. Who, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You also will appear with him in glory. He is near to us. He is not far off. There is a transition into everlasting life that happens at death. Yes, but the everlasting life has started now. Started when you were born again. And he is the same. And you will be revealed. And there will be this enormous gathering of glorious joy and such a party, the wedding supper of the Lamb. Two verses to finish with. Colossians 3, verse 2. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died. I've put in brackets already. <laughs> you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. You are wrapped up in the Trinity and there will be an explosion of revelation on that final day Ephesians 1 you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory The Lord is the greatest lover of your soul. The Lord is the one who gave everything for you. He is not a stern taskmaster. He is someone who loves you. He's not a starling in the sky. He is the best dad you can possibly imagine. 
your salvation begun, this everlasting life. And when you get to glory, wow, what a party. What a joy to be there. And when we get to glory, if you remember this, I don't know what we'll remember because God says he'll wipe every tear and we won't remember the things of earth anymore. But if you do remember when you see me in glory, you can call me DR if you like. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for salvation and for all the things we've looked at in this creed series. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful incarnation. Thank you, Lord, for the glory of your life on earth. Thank you, Lord, that you uh, have been crucified, dead and buried, but now raised, seated in heavenly places. Lord, that you've taken us with you in this new life already into that eternal place. So thank you, Lord. And we know so little, we touch so little, we understand so little, Lord. And yet what we do know and understand is breathtaking. Continue to take our breath away, King of Kings. Dearest friend. And then...